Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Conor Albert Breer is here. I'm laughing because I just got a crash course in pronouncing Victor Wenbenyama. When, gosh, golly, when hi, Albert, Albert. All right, thank you, Albert. Wenbenyama, there we go. All right, uh, he's going to go number one overall tonight to the Spurs. We're taping this a few hours before the uh, before the NBA draft, but we're, we're doing a draft-themed NFL podcast, um, but but just sort of looking at not only the future of elite prospects in the NFL, uh, inspired by by Wemby, as I'm going to call him, to avoid the, my there prior mistakes, and also a little bit about what could have been. And so I wanted to run this by Albert. Albert, you're in New England. You are a, uh, as steeped in, in Patriots country as anyone. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this. So Greg Popovich, the head coach of the Spurs, is probably the most analogous thing we have in sports to Bill Belichick. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree. Yep. I think it was a 22 Sort of like year- the thinking man's intellectual, ahead of the curve type of yeah. coach. Who also has year- his hands in personnel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 22-year playoff streak, five NBA titles over that time. Um, and you could argue as close to the Patriots dynasty as we've seen in, in modern NFL times. And so his whole thing breaks up. Like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, um, Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, all those guys end up going away. They kind of soft tank right for a little bit and all of a sudden they end up no no they were just coincidentally co- coincidentally really bad at the exact right time twice right yeah, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden you end up yeah. with Vic- tim duncan and tim Victor duncan Hobanyama. and now <laughs> wemby right and so uh and it brought to mind belichick because i was thinking about this the other day um 2019 him and tom brady separate the 2020 season 
is mm-hmm. uh, is coming up. He signs Cam Newton, determined to just go kind of full steam ahead. And now, at least from my understanding of it, this is kind of what I was told. Th- there was a lot going into the Cam Newton thing. Like Cam also had the right kind of attitude and presence yep. to be able to be the guy to step in for Tom Brady. Like it didn't yeah. really bother him. And I, you know, there was a lot of that was a multifaceted signing. But and it was also like a I would say it was also because like they didn't have the offseason program. They had, if you remember, Jared oh, Stidham on the roster. Right. Yes. And they yes. kind of liked Jared Stidham, but that was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to be really short on time getting ready to play. And so they were like, all right, do we throw this kid out there who hasn't had the benefit of a full offseason? Do we go with Brian Hoyer? Do we put them in a competition? Or do we bring in Cam Newton, kind of you know, simplify the offense a little bit, lean on Cam? So there was logic to it. I think that had to do with the fact that it was the COVID year too. You have to wonder what would have happened if Belichick had pulled a Popovich, right? And, and tanked that year. And then you come out the end of the COVID year with Trevor Lawrence and he's the number one overall pick in that draft. And all of a sudden, instead of a couple of years where you're figuring it out with Mac Jones and you're trying to make things, you know, you're hoping he falls to you in the next draft after that. Uh, or in that in that draft, when you go seven mm-hmm. and nine, um, you have the generational QB prospect and you hit the ground running. And so, you, OK, six fewer wins in that one year. But I would argue probably with Trevor Lawrence and Bill Belichick, three plus more wins per season immediately after that. You make up the difference pretty fast. Yep. I would agree. I, I like And I think what's well, what's interesting about it is it would have taken like some like pride burying that I don't know that he would have been like completely capable of at the time. Cause I mean, I think deep down, like the parsing of credit for what had happened over the 20 years previous, like that really mattered to both guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like Belichick and Brady, like being successful coming out of that was important to both guys. And so it would have taken Belichick playing the sort of long game where he would have been able to say, I'm willing to lose that game in year one. To Brady, right? Like, and Brady wins, winds up winning the Super Bowl in order to create something great in the long term. So, um, I don't know that like he would have been capable of that. But if you're saying he would have been capable of it, you know, I think like what's really interesting about that and being up here, you see it up close, Connor. Like the discussion over the two years after Brady left here was who was it? Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? And I think a lot of people up here felt like it was more Belichick than Brady coming out of the 2019 season. Like he had built this like indestructible machine that was constantly ahead of the curve, that constantly had more balanced rosters, that didn't demand as much talent position to position. They could always get the most out of people and that this machine would keep churning. And I think that and, and that idea was bolstered by 2008. By like what Matt Castle did when Brady got hurt in week one that year. And you have this guy who comes in and he hadn't even started in college. His last, his last start was in high school and he wins 11 games. And so I think that whole idea, that whole thinking was turned on its head like in 2020. And I think we've gotten more evidence that it was right since in what Brady did with the Buccaneers and how the Patriots have sort of stumbled around since. And so like I think that that's what's so interesting about this discussion is Okay, so like Belichick could do it with Brady at the highest level we've ever seen, right? 
And he can't do it with just anybody because we've seen that the last three years. And obviously that adds the evidence from Cleveland. So then what degree does he need the quarterback to be great at to be the guy that he was for those 20 years? Because maybe it's not quite Brady. Maybe you don't quite need the greatest of all time. How good does your quarterback need to be? Yeah. And I think most people coming like would have felt like Trevor Lawrence coming out was that guy. And um, I think the evidence so far like kind of backs it up too, right? Like there are very few quarterbacks that could survive a circumstance like Trevor Lawrence survived his first year yeah. in the league. You know, like I think that's one of the things that's so great about him is like that would have ruined a lot of guys. Oh yeah, like that would have. I mean, you would have been talking about like two, three years to dig out of that. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Lawrence got the Jaguars to the playoffs the next year. I don't think anybody talks about that. You know what I mean? Like it's how like that. That's pretty remarkable. Like the mental toughness, the steadiness. Like I just I don't know. So the idea of Trevor and Bill would have been really interesting. And here's here's what was so kind of fun to imagine for me. So the the Patriots spent this past season really in in full-on experimentation mode. Can I make Matt Patricia and Joe Judge my offensive mm-hmm. lieutenants, which everybody makes fun of now? I don't think it was an outrageous idea at the time. I really don't. And I still think like, okay, if you're Belichick, it's worth it. You get the benefit of the doubt. What I do question is there was so much experimentation late in the game in terms mm-hmm. of they were finally going to tinker with outside zone at a time when – the entire NFL was catching up to how to stop that. And so right. what you could have done during that COVID year is you could have tanked and you could have gotten a lot of that stuff out of the way. You could have yeah. used your roster. And again, I'm not advocating for this. I don't think using healthy bodies as a sort of experiment for yourself is 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 right. I've, I've decried tanking at any point in time. But if you're Belichick and you're thinking about the long term, couldn't you have gotten a lot of that stuff out of the way? Couldn't you have... You know, if you're McDaniels, you're like, okay, you're going to, you know, what though, you know, you you know what though, like what you could have done. And I remember talking to Marvin Lewis about this. This was in like, I don't know when they, when they were on that run of making the playoffs five years in a row. Mm -hmm. And he said something really interesting to me. He said, the best thing I could have, the best thing I could have possibly done is he's like, after the 2010 season, I basically pretended I was fired because he was like, I think with a lot of other organizations, they wouldn't have held on to me. But the Bengals have been patient with everybody, right? right? So he was like, I'm gonna basically treat this as if I've been fired and try to reimagine everything. So he goes out and he he hires Jay Gruden to run his offense. I think they already had Mike Zimmer on board defensively. They changed the way they, you know, assessed players. They draft AJ Green, they draft Andy Dalton, and all of a sudden, like he kind of went through this process of reimagining what he was doing. And it led them back to the playoffs and they make the playoffs five years in a row. And I think that that's sort of what you're talking about, right? Like is maybe that would have been the opportunity for Bill to reimagine so many things, you know, and to say, okay, like in 2020, this is a weird year anyway. This is our first year post post uh, is our first year post Brady. Let's take a look at everything and let's try different stuff. And let's 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 examine whether because. Eventually, and part of the reason they did what they did last year is they were trying to untangle everything, right? And it was like, because Tom, with, with McDaniels gone, it was like, because of because Tom was here, we kept adding and adding and adding and adding to the offense, and we never subtracted everything. And it was so specific to Tom, right? It became Tom's system, where it was just like, 
it became almost too complex for almost anyone else, you know? And it was like, okay, like we got to untangle that. Maybe they should have done that after the first year, you know, right. in the, or in the first year Brady was gone. Instead, they waited a couple of years, had mixed results. And, you know, because Josh was still there, I think they were able to make it work. And then it sort of all came undone in the third year. So we're talking about things in hindsight, right? And I still think if I had to put myself in Belichick's shoes, I probably do what he did based on the information at hand. Like you said, right? You were killing it with Jimmy Garoppolo. You were killing it with Matt Castle. Why can't I do this with with Cam Newton? And that that eagerness to probably stick it to everybody, I mean, that doesn't go away. That's human. Yeah. But Bill has paved the way for that dynasty by always doing the exact opposite of or something a little bit different than what they would have expect you would have expected them to do right i mean they were when everybody else is zagging yeah 100 percent. and so you know during that covid year like you know like you said it's it would have been so fascinating if they just considered that thing a wash and they were just you know they punted on it and even if you thought okay i might lose josh mcdaniel's like if you're Josh McDaniels, you're not worried about losing your job. What do you care about? You're going to be there forever if you want to yeah. be. Um, you know, it's like okay, let Matt Patricia call plays for a game. What does it matter? <laughs> you know, let let Joe Judge coach the quarterbacks. I don't care. You know, and yeah. you know, we're barely able to practice. We're barely able to meet. So you know, let's maximize this time and come out of this thing with Trevor Lawrence because I think the thing that would have really stuck it to Tom Brady was coming out the other end with you know. <laughs> <laughs> a quarterback who would have lorded over the AFCs for another 20 years. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, it, it's an interesting philosophical discussion too, because it's, you know, like I, I think like the idea of tanking, like what goes against it. And I think in a lot of cases you can look at it and say, Oh, well, you know, if they lost this one game, they would have gotten this quarterback. And if they got this quarterback, everything would have been different. So they should have tanked. It's just like in that sport, it's hard to do. Um, it can be dangerous to do. Um, it's also hard to sell to players in that sport and harder than other sports, I think, because the contracts aren't guaranteed and everything's year to year. And so it's like, so I'm going to do this. Why? Or I'm part of this. Why? Like it can be a really tricky thing. And I, I just like look at the locker room too there, Connor, like in 2020, what would have made it hard is the presence of. Devin McCourty. Now, I believe, if I remember right, Dante Hightower opted out. But Kyle, I, was Kyle Van Noy there? I think he was still there, right? So Kyle Van Noy is there. Hightower um, and Chung were your opt-outs that year. Yeah, Hightower yeah. and Chung opted out. So that was part of the whole thing. But maybe that would have, that would have like, actually lended to the idea of tanking, right? Like, is that, like you had all these high-profile opt-outs. But they did have a lot of guys, veteran players, David Andrews, like, high-character high like a lot of pride like those types of guys you know like where the idea of pulling back would have like probably borderline offended those guys you know like so like that's the part i think that that, that would be really tricky in a situation like that and i mean tricky for any team but really tricky for a team that had the history of winning that the patriots did i would have been like come on matt slater go in and talk to those guys let's all let's all tank with uh you know let's all tank with dignity and they could have, you know, I, with, you know, it, yes, tank some of those guys are, take with pride. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just thought it would have been so cool if just to see Belichick using this as, okay, what if I run a, a, a six, two, what if I run a bear defense all game 
And okay, now I learned something. What if I did this? Well, that's weird. How how does that affect, you know? And then you come out the other side with Trevor Lawrence. I don't know, man. I just, again, we're in 2020 hindsight. It would have, it would have never, it would have never made sense to go that way. (laughs) But if, but if you're Belichick, here's what, you know, the Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence now. And what you had was you had Mac Jones plus you lost to Brady anyway because you took the ball out of Mac Jones's hands and you let yeah. Nick Folk try like a 90-yard field goal in the ring. Yeah, and and again, like, that doesn't mean Mac Jones is a bust. I don't think but, so. But we're talking about, like, what's the ceiling for Mac Jones? What's the ceiling for Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, and I, the ceiling for Trevor Lawrence is top five in the league. Like, he clearly has the physical ability to get there, the big game experience, all of that different stuff, right? Like, Mac Jones came in the league. He never had to be the best player on his team. Maybe, maybe, maybe ever. Like maybe not even in high school, right? Because he played in the loaded, he played on a loaded high school team. So, like you sort of look at like the you know who Mac Jones is, who Mac Jones could become, and I think he can become a really good player. But you know, are we talking about Peyton Manning versus Kirk Cousins here? There's a difference. You know what I mean? Like, and so you know, I I think when you look at that sort of stuff in hindsight, yeah, there's no question that it. That you know, like there's there's an effect to these sorts of things and the way you approach that sort of season and um, you know, like again, like I don't think like the the Colts would have regretted losing down the stretch with Dan Orlovsky in 2011 to get Andrew Luck. You know, I certainly don't think that they regretted losing down the stretch in 1997 to get Peyton Manning. So, like I think like you look at teams that lost down the stretch of years like this or lost over the course of years like that. And almost always, it looks like it was the right thing to do. I think he could have tanked cooler than other coaches, too. You know, like just trying some wild stuff. Just Is that like, what you're talking about? yeah, just throwing it. Run the Naval Academy playbook from when you're dropping them on the table, there. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast I am your host, Valerie Complex Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales, I'm so excited to share it with more people if you like what you hear be sure to review like and subscribe to the scene to scene podcast when you're an american express platinum card member don't be surprised if you say things like chef what course are we on i've, I've lost count or shoot that shoot that 
and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom express.com with amex terms apply what's up i'm john wall and i'm cj toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to That's my That's my game, <laughs> So let's spin this for it because you've written a lot about this. I've written mm-hmm. a little bit about this. I think you and I have both heard the same things in that there's one and there's one dude and maybe two, like a one and one a dude at yep. the top of next year's draft Two potentially two legitimate one that we're fairly certain is transcendent talents. Mm-hmm. The kind of guys you would tank for and Caleb Williams and Drake may Caleb Williams being kind of the elite guy there. Uh, I, and I the mean, other it, guy's really good, but not quite that. Right. Not quite there. Right. Right. So I think what's most interesting, what's fascinating about it, Connor, is a little like a little afield of what you're asking about. But like I had a GM tell me, like, I think it's the week of the draft, or the week after the draft. I can't remember. I wrote it. Um, but that the top six players in next year's class right now, as it stands, might have been the top six picks in this year's draft. Wow. So that's the two quarterbacks. It's Olu Fashanu, the tackle from Penn State. It's Marvin Harrison, the receiver from Ohio State. It's Dallas Turner, the edge rusher from Alabama, who was the bookend for Will Anderson, who's like as good a player as Will Anderson, but has like the physical traits too that Will doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then Brock Bowers, the tight end at Georgia. And, you know, it's interesting because over the last like three or four weeks, you start to ask around more and you just hear this stuff about Caleb. He's different. There aren't flaws. He's got everything. Like I had someone tell me, and we're going to do a story on this in July. Like I said, is the Mahomes comparison legitimate? And he goes, yeah, only he's faster than Patrick. Wow. You know, like, so you start to hear this stuff and it's important to keep in mind, like Patrick Mahomes, no one thought he was going to like maybe Brett Veach did, but not many people thought he was going to become what he became, you know? Um, And Patrick Mahomes wasn't the first pick in the draft. He was the 10th pick in the draft. But like, I do think like the Caleb Williams thing is going to be hanging over the NFL um, all year. And as long as he plays well, which everybody expects he will, he'll be the first pick in the draft. And I just think, I don't know. I think this is going to be something we're going to be talking about the minute some team is 0-3 or 0-4. You know what I mean? Like, I think that this is going to come up earlier in the year than we're used to it coming up. And now we have, we're going to have an owner in the league who is actually the one who ran the process in Philadelphia with the Sixers, right? 
And think about this element to too, Connor. Could we see like a historic fire sale at the trade deadline? Like, could we see teams selling off parts aggressively at the trade deadline? Because, well, we can't tank. But what we can do is start to build up capital and basically strip our roster down. You know? Wouldn't, God, wouldn't it be nice to be like, and I'm sure every because, GM. Because it's not just, again, it's not just like, like oh, I'm going to get Caleb Williams because you maybe you can't bet on that. But it's like, I could get one of the two. Like, I could get something really, really great or... Like I wound up wind up with like a damn nice consolation prize who probably would be the first pick in a lot of drafts. Imagine being like the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, the Chargers, <laughs> yeah. like next year, and then you just get to walk by like a yard sale and be like, sure, I'll take all this premium talent and give you right. draft capital because well, I, I mean, already maybe have playing a good those teams down the stretch when you're yeah. trying when you're like jockeying for seeding, right? Yeah. Oh man. Like you get like a game that might have looked like a little tricky like earlier in the year. Like now it's a complete layup. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are always I I always tend to believe what we think is going to happen in a global perspective before the NFL season always ends up being a little less so. I mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be like to clarify for everybody else, I don't think there's going to be 13 teams here, like absolutely like crashing the plane. You know, I think it's more going to be like, there's probably going to be two or three teams that are in enough of a hole where, you know, it, it, it's pretty clear to everybody what's going on. And to the point where I, those teams, I think we can kind of envision who and where they're going to be and, and all that, you know I mean? And I, I kind of have a short list in my mind, but, um, well, here's the other thing, Connor. Like, I do think like there's like an element of like I think things have changed a little bit too, um, for two like in two ways. Like, number one, like owner involvement. You know what I mean? Like, I think like owner involvement could be a factor here, where like an owner gets gets you know googly eyes over the idea of getting the first pick, right, and starts to influence things and puts his thumb on people, right. I think analytics has an has a has a has an effect too, because like analytics has already had like a big effect on trades in the NFL and draft value in the NFL, right? Like that's why, I mean, analytics had an effect on the Rams doing what they did, being like the first adopters of like, oh yeah, like we'll trade two first round picks for that player. It's because I think the Rams, because they were heavy in analytics, were able to better value those picks. Like no, like. The first round pick, like, it's not gold like you think it is. Here's what Mm -hmm. it really is, right? So they're able to value those things better. On the flip side of that, like, there are going to be analytics people who are going to say, like, no, this is the value of the first pick this year. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and there's going to be team that there are going to be teams that are going to be like, the analytics people are going to be telling telling them, like, I'm not telling you to tank. I'm just telling you the best thing for the franchise is to have the first pick. And here's like an actual evaluation of what that first pick could mean for us, you know? So I think that there are these elements in NFL buildings too that like might just amp things up a little bit from that perspective. Like Cleveland, like what Cleveland did was all based on, right? Like was, sure. was Jimmy Haslam listening to analytics people, you yeah. know? It's it's funny because they represent the old, like in baseball, the the process is obvious. And it's absolute, right? The Orioles, mm-hmm. my Orioles, are crushing it. Um, what it took was like four or five pretty miserable years, right? I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you know, 
that that last playoff run with like Manny Machado and JJ Hardy and Chris Davis was like one of the best summers of my life. Uh, and then not so much after that canceled by MLB TV subscription because I couldn't take watching them anymore. But now they have like the best young team in, 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 in major league baseball and the diamondbacks are good again. And the, how'd you the, become an Orioles fan? Grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So that was our home team. That was on basic cable during, oh, really? ca- during the Cal Ripken era. So we were closer to Baltimore than we were to Philly. So we didn't get the Phillies. We got the Orioles. I thought you grew up in Scranton. Uh, was born in Lancaster and moved to Scranton when I was like six. Okay. Okay. That so, makes sense. But the whole Cal Ripken thing, when he broke the record for the streak and everything, like that happened when I was when I was a little kid and we would watch those games on TV and we always kind of, you know, that makes took, sense. took that with us. But yeah, through baseball, that process has been absolute. It proves itself out. There is a no doubt financial benefit to it. We're seeing the teams that have done this recently in the NFL loudly enough to kind of get on people's radars. I don't necessarily know that it's borne out to be a, a no. massive success. The Browns, the situation went so poorly that they had to pay Deshaun Watson five fully yep. guaranteed years just to save it. And they're they're spending like gangbusters in free agency. And so they are now at the point where they're just tossing cash at an attempt to legitimize their process. I mean, Baker Mayfield failed. Their analytics told them to draft Mitchell Trubisky over Miles Garrett, and they almost did it. You know, sometimes you can have a good idea in an incredibly yeah, Mr. Bisky in the draft that had Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and on top of that, okay, so the Dolphins, uh, let's, you know, let's see where they're at right now. What did they have to do to realize their potential? They had to hire right. the smartest head coach in the NFL that had been, uh, you know, indescribably left off every interview yep. list and then signed Tyreek Hill. Uh, so here's where I would argue the difference could be, though. Like what the Rams did was based on certainty, right? Right. Like, so I think what the Rams did was like, we have certainty in what we're getting when we trade for Jalen Ramsey because we know what he is as a football yes. player. Marcus Peters, um, all the different guys that they traded for over the years, Sammy Watkins, you know, when they made, when they were very, very trade happy and Leonard Floyd bringing all those guys in. So, like, do you view Caleb Williams as that? You know what I mean? Because what you're talking about is tanking in years where there wasn't certainty because most years there isn't with the quarterbacks at the top of the draft, right? So like that Baker Mayfield year, they take Baker Mayfield over Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And, you know, Sam Darnold goes in front of those two and Rosen goes in front of Lamar. So there's like a, a lot of uncertainty there. Do you view Caleb Williams as bringing the sort of certainty that very few quarterbacks have? So like I'd say four in my lifetime, have been talked about a certain way. I'm too young to remember the Elway draft conversation, but I'm told that's what it was like. Like Elway, Elway, Peyton Manning, Trevor Lawrence, and Andrew Luck are the four, right? Like where there was real, like not even consensus, consensus, like unanimity. But how would you say it? Unanimity? Unanimity, right? I think I'm saying that right. Unanimity? It's not consensus. Unanimity? Unanimity? Unanimity. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle with those. This words. is the pronunciation episode. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wabanyama and unanimity. Unanimity. What, un, unanimity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's almost summer. So I'm uh, almost summer for us here. Uh, We're getting there. So, but yeah, like the, that's the thing is like, so I think a lot of like the rant, what the Rams did, uh, to spin it back to them, was based on the certainty that you got 
with a star veteran player. When you trade for a star veteran player, you get a better idea of what that player was, which gives you gives you a better chance of success with that player. Um, you know, I, I, I do you view Caleb Williams that way? Is he an outlier to the level where it's like we know what he's going to be as a pro? Like we're not really projecting here. And that's the question teams have to ask themselves in these sorts of situations. It feels like he's the closest thing. I mean, him and Trevor Lawrence were, were I, I would say like a one in one A in the fact that we were talking about them as a year out established professionals a year out. Even Joe Burrow. I mean, you know, Burrow was like, people thought he was a third or fourth round pick going into his last year. Yeah. I mean, we all thought Tua was going to go number one overall. And so, didn't. and yeah. And, and so I, I feel like that is, boy, even then the Jets kind of really threw away a chance at getting Trevor Lawrence. You know, that was not when, when we go back to that. Well, you year, think about the fallout of that too. You oh know what I mean? Gosh. Yeah. I mean, where would it's, Aaron Rodgers be? It's a great question. I mean, I, I don't know. You got to tell me where Nathaniel Hackett would be because I think like <laughs> Michael Floor probably would have survived, right? Yep. Like Mike, because Michael Floor wouldn't have gotten fired. Maybe in this alternate universe, right now, he goes huh? to Denver and Nathaniel Hackett is still the head coach of the Broncos. Oh, yeah. They keep they hold on to Nathaniel Hackett because he promises I can get Aaron Rodgers. We need Damashek for this. He's the expert at this. Sort he of is thing, the right? NFL is, uh, it, you know, that's far beyond our our uh, psychic comprehension. Yeah, he's, it's he's like the if the, it's like if Washington had lost an extra game in two, or no, it was if the Rams had lost an extra game. I, like if Washington had somehow gotten Andrew Luck in 2012, I'm screwing this up. But if Washington had somehow gotten Andrew Luck in 2012, what that might have meant. Right, like instead they wind up with Robert Griffin. I with all of those coaches on that staff. If you had to, off the top of your head, and I know this is going to be difficult, but give me three teams that you think are actually going to be legitimately in the mix for this discussion. I have three teams uh, off the top of my head. I'm, well, it's easy one, right? The Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt. I mean, I think if Washington gets off to a tough start, that could be tough sledding for them in general, right? Would Washington be one of yours? Washington would be one of mine. Um, then... But they're so good on the – I think I think Rivera is a good coach, and they're really good on the D-line. And I, I mean, so, yeah, I'd say Washington. Um, and then so Arizona or Washington – Again, there's got to be somebody in the AFC that's going to be. It's just by the virtue of being in that conference, it's just going to take a beating, right? I mean, Houston again. I don't know. The AFC East is going to be competitive. The AFC North is going to be very competitive. Houston, your pick is traded to the Cardinals anyway. Um, and in the AFC, the bottom of the AFC West. Okay, the Broncos are not great, but they have a really good head coach now. But you all, your right, head I can't coach, see the Broncos being like just terrible that way. Your head coach was also the one that started this discussion about tanking for Caleb Williams on television <laughs> about six months ago. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know, uh, there's ways to, uh, there's different ways to think about this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the teams in the South, like, you know, like Indy, like if they were the worst, like, and I don't think they will be, but if they were the worst team in the league, would they then offload Anthony Richardson and draft Caleb You'd Williams? Have to. You'd have to. You know to. what I mean? You have to, right? Like, so... And 
Because if you're that bad, that means Anthony Richardson probably wasn't really good as a rookie either, right? Yeah. I like mean, logically. There's so but many. But there's not a bad team. There's not a bad team in the East. There's not a bad team in the North. You could argue, like, like I don't know, maybe Denver in the West. Like, I think the Raiders are going to be fine. Like, I don't think they'll be great, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, like, there ha- there has to be a bad team in the AFC, right? Like, you can't, like, it's like that whole thing, like, the conference isn't going to be 500, but there has to be bad teams because the teams play each other so much. The Titans might be bad, but Mike Vrabel is never going to have a bad team. I know, I know. Like, you just think, like, the, the, there's a, you could get yourself there with the Titans. Like, if... Derrick Henry got hurt, like, right? Like, so then they lose their identity offensively. And then maybe they start trading guys. All right, let me put, yeah. let me put a couple hypotheticals to you. And you'll tell me whether or not. And play Will Levis. Yeah. And that right? doesn't look, if that doesn't look great, right? So let me, let me throw a couple hypoth- hypotheticals at you. What are you doing if you're the Cardinals? And you have. Like pick one and three. Do you mind if I like? Do you mind if I defend Monty Osenfort and Jonathan Gannon a little bit here? No, because I wrote that. Because everybody's saying they're tanking. They're doing exactly what they should. I think they should be doing that. I agree with you. I wrote that. I think. I think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, and and beyond just like tanking, I think it's like as much as anything else, dude. Like you, you have a roster that was ancient. And a quarterback coming off an ACL. Yep. What are you going to do? Go they for it? They should be doing that. <laughs> they're, they should be stripping their roster down. Absolutely. Like, they're doing exactly what they should be doing now. If I was if I was Arizona and I wound up with the first pick, well, if I wound up with the first and second picks, I would take Caleb Williams and trade the second pick. For sure. If I wound up with the first and third picks, I'd probably take, Mar- take Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. Ugh. And now, all of a sudden, you know, look out. So, I, I, I think, like... Arizona, to me, it's, you know, what are you going to do about the Kyler contract? And it does seem like daunting. How do you offload that contract with all the guaranteed money that'd be left in it? That said, I, I still think like, if you're talking about being like secure at that position for 15 years, potentially, mm-hmm. and you think that Caleb Williams is that much better than Kyler Murray, which I think most people in the NFL will a year from now, then I don't think the cost really matters. And, and generally that that cap stuff and guaranteed money, like it always looks really bad, but generally you can kind of hit the reset button and like kind of take it on the chin for a year and you're all right. Right. Yeah. Especially if, with the cap way it is now. What if you're the bears? Oof. I mean, it, I mean, well, if you're bad enough, like where you're picking first overall, it means Justin Fields was not good mm-hmm. and you're taking Caleb Williams. We talked about the Colts. The Colts. Um, what if? See, there's like how many? Like there aren't many teams where you would say. I mean, so of course, like Cincinnati, Buffalo. Uh, Here's one. You want a really interesting one? Here's what? one. Because this team has an impossible schedule. I mm-hmm. think that they're very well coached, and I'm not saying that it could go this way. But what if it started to go this way? What if you're the Giants and it's October and you're 0-6? Like, the Giants have not only a bad schedule, but logistically one of the worst schedules that I've ever seen a team have. They have been absolutely punished front to back. And Saquon Barkley might be holding out, like, your your team. So you take, I mean, like, like, I just think, like, at that point, 
you just start listening. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think they've built a really strong culture there. And so I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to F with that. But like, I just think you kind of like subtly let people know we're open for business. Yeah. And you can call on whoever. So whether that's, I mean, I think there are some guys that would be, I would really have a hard time moving if I were them. Like Andrew Thomas, I want to hold on to. Sure. Right. Like Kayvon Thibodeau, I want to hold on to. Evan Neal, I want to hold on to. Like those guys that play at like the premium positions that, that are really young, I want to hold on to them. But do I listen on like Leonard Williams? Yeah, I listen on Leonard Williams. You know what I mean? Do I listen potentially on like even like a Xavier McKinney? Like maybe I listen on on, on somebody like that. If I can get something of value back. I, I just think the the value of putting yourself in position to get a franchise quarterback who can set you up for a decade. Like I, I, I like Daniel Jones. I think we know what he is to a large degree. Like I think he's still got potential to get better. I, I don't know like that there's a world where he's ever, you know, a, a top quarter of top 25% quarterback, right? Like, can he get in the top eight? And we're not even talking about like the top three or four, which is what you'd be hoping for with a Caleb Williams. Can he get in the top eight? And you know, I'm not I'm not cheering for this to happen, but there's always there's always the possibility that Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jordan Love, uh, Derek Carr, one of these guys gets hurt, and then yep. you know, what do you do there? But oh, the, the, and the other team that we were well, thinking I mean, about, like the, like the Raiders, if they have a quarterback injury, like they're they'd be in trouble. You right. know what I mean? Unless a certain minority owner wants to climb down out of the the. the the executive suite there. <laughs> Don't do it, Tom. You just shook your head. <laughs> stay, t- stay retired. The other team that we were thinking of, by the way, that would is an obvious contender. There's the Bucks, right? So you'd have the Cardinals, yeah. you'd have the Bucks. Um, I don't know, possibly the Bears. I mean, they were three and fourteen, and Justin Fields put on a Herculean performance last year. I know they got a lot better, but what if Justin Fields just I, I, isn't there yeah. as a passer? I don't know. I mean, I, think I just they think were, that I, I, like. I still think the most interesting thing is Washington because he's because Caleb's from there. Right. And the owner literally ran the process in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, like I, they're going to have like their press conference at the end of July, whether it's July 20th or August 8th, whichever one they'll have their press conference to welcome him and he'll throw his support behind Ron Rivera and the team there and say all the right things. Like, how does he manage the team if they're 0-4? You know what I mean? Like, how does he handle that? And based on his own experience in Philadelphia, because remember, this is not like a guy who's just kind of getting his footing and figuring things out. It's a guy who's been a sports owner, you know, I think in, th- like, with a pr- in the Premier League and then in the NHL and the NBA for over a decade. So, like, he's got, like, experience. And I don't think he's going to come in and be like, yeah, you know, I'll take a year and a half and figure it out. Like, he's probably got a, an idea of how he wants to do things. So, like, the combination of Caleb Williams being from D.C. and, like, the owner, like, having his own ideas and having run the process in Philadelphia with the Sixers, just sort of, like, that one's fascinating to me. And then the idea that, like, they're trying to build a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, how many players in the past have we seen it where it's like the house that Peyton Manning, like Indianapolis doesn't get its new stadium if it's not for Peyton Manning, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's that element of it too that makes, I think, Washington the really interesting one. Caleb's Commanders. I like it. That has Caleb's a ring to Caleb's Commanders, it. I do like that. 
and we're already we're already having like Caleb Williams being responsible for like a three billion dollar structure being built in the District of Columbia. No so pressure, no pressure, buddy. kid. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. got this. The MMQB NFL podcast is produced by Shelby Royston. Mark Mravik is the emeritus editor of the MMQB. Super Bowl champion Andy Benoit and Rec League basketball three-point assassin Gary Gramling are the founders of the MMQB NFL podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts. And once you do, leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 